0: We all make mistakes, decisions that we regret, things we'd like to do over, like not buying Bitcoin when you first heard about it at one dollar. We all carry around different stresses, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest Therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com/gold today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com/gold. The Peter Schiff Show. Hi, I need to warn everybody up front that I seem to have come down with something last night kind of after the game was over. I felt fine during the game but when I was going to sleep I kind of felt something coming on and, and and now I've got something so I have a hard time talking and I normally wouldn't even be recording a podcast today except for the fact that what happened today and I kind of have to do it especially since on Friday's podcast where i pretty much predicted the decline that we saw today I said I would do a podcast on Monday if my prediction about a Black Monday came true. And it did come true. And so I am going to uh, do this podcast. Now, of course, we didn't have a Black Monday like 1987. It wasn't a 20% decline. It was the biggest point decline in the history of the stock market by a large magnitude. We were down 1,175 points. We were down 1,600 points at the low. Uh, So this is the biggest point decline, but percentage terms, it is in the top 20. I think it was like number 14 or something. Uh, But I mean, it is a major decline. We rarely see declines this big. And I'm pretty much going to say, yeah, I told you so on Friday. And I've been... You know seeing this coming for a while now, I know a lot of the Peter Schiff critics out there are going to say, "Oh, who cares what Schiff says? He's a stop clock. He says the stock market's going to crash every day, and so if it crashes, he, he can't claim credit, except I don't do that. See, anybody who actually listens to what I say realizes that I rarely call for the stock market to crash, let alone even go down or you know I, I've been saying the stock market was going to go up for most of the time it was rising for the wrong reasons because of cheap money and i said it was a bubble but it wasn't until very recently that i began talking about crash in fact on the way up one of the reasons i thought the market wouldn't crash was because i thought the fed would save it you know it would reverse course it would take back the idea that it was going to raise rates or shrink its balance sheet but recently as it became obvious that the fed you know was not you know giving up and the market was increasing the expectations of rate hikes and i saw the big drop in the bond market which i've been warning about for the last several weeks i've been talking about hey wait a minute this stock market's going to crash i mean the only reason the market was rising was because of the cheap money and i knew if you took the cheap money away the market would implode and and i i've said that you know the bond market's going to keep falling until the stock market crashes and the bond market actually rose a little bit today Not much, but I think the weakness in the stock market has already got the talking heads on CNBC saying, hey, the Fed is going to take back one of these rate hikes. Now, maybe we're only going to get three or two rate hikes in 2018, except the Fed hasn't said anything. And by the way, Jerome Powell, his first day was on the job today. And this morning, early on, even when the Dow was still down like 100 points, a tweet that I sent out, I reminded everybody. That when um, Alan Greenspan took office in 1987, the stock market crashed two months later. And what I said this morning was that I didn't think that Powell's honeymoon would last that long. In other words, that the stock market would crash sooner on his watch. And here it is the first day and the market is already tanking, and it's put him in a very bad spot. And again, you know, I watched a lot of coverage today on CNBC And again, the same as last week, everybody is shocked by what's happening today in the market, right? Well, if they had listened to my podcast last week, they wouldn't have been surprised. They would have expected it. But they have no idea why the market is going down. And they just think it's a healthy correction. I mean, they're like, hey, this is great. Stocks are on sale. Don't worry about anything. One person after another, the economy is good. The economy is not good, right? And and even if it was good, it ain't going to stay good because it's not just the stock market that needs cheap money. It's the economy. It's this phony bubble economy that is its life's blood. It's mother's milk. You can't take that away. But that is exactly what is in the process of happening. But, you know, none of these guys understand this because they had no idea why the market was going up in the first place. They didn't understand the damage that cheap money had done to the economy so they don't understand the implications of the prospect of withdrawing it which is why i know that it's not going to be withdrawn i believe that the rate hikes that everybody expects aren't going to happen that the fed is not going to shrink its balance sheet it can't i mean if it does this stock market is going to go down way more than 50 percent. it'll be the, the biggest bear market ever but i believe the fed is going to be under tremendous pressure political pressure by the trump administration to get with the program and start the fiscal stimulus. You know, they reported again today about this big deal, this big fiscal deal that's being brokered by the Republicans with the Democrats, which is a disaster because it basically includes pork barrel for both Republicans and Democrats, which I warned was going to happen. And this is going to add hundreds of trillions of dollars more to the annual deficits, which are already going to be more than a trillion dollars in the next fiscal year. And that's assuming the economy keeps growing. But if it goes into recession, I mean, we could be looking at $2 trillion a year deficits. Now, remember, the last time we had trillion dollar deficits, the Fed was doing $85 billion a month in QE. Multiply that by 12, that's a trillion dollars. The last time we were doing these trillion dollar year deficits, the Fed was monetizing $85 billion a month. They were buying treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. So it wasn't all treasuries, but still. The Fed was absorbing a lot of the supply of paper on the market. Today, if we have trillion-dollar deficits, not only is the Fed not monetizing any of it, but the Fed is actually contributing to the problem by not rolling over the bonds that it holds. It's claiming it's going to shrink its balance sheet, which means on top of the trillion dollars that the Treasury would need to sell to finance its deficits. It's going to have to sell extra treasuries to repay the Fed when it's not rolling over. So this is impossible, right? This is a, a tidal wave of debt that's coming out of the market. And, you know, I've been drawing the contrast between 1987 and now because of the stock market. The reason I've been talking about 1987 was because we had a stock market crash. That's what got me talking about it because I was expecting another crash because the markets had been so oblivious To the same type of fundamental problems that they ignored in 1987 until all of a sudden they couldn't ignore it anymore. And that is rising trade deficits, rising budget deficits, which were causing bond prices to fall and the dollar to fall. And that is exactly what's been happening again. Only this is going to be so much worse. The economy is in so much worse shape now than it was in 1987. I mean, it's not even close. I mean, the economy is in much worse shape now than it was before we had a financial crisis in 2008. And that economy was so bad that we had the financial crisis. So you can only imagine the severity of what is coming. And I do believe at some point the Fed is going to cry chicken in this game. But until then, this market's going down. Now, tomorrow, I expect the market to go down again. It is a Tuesday. I don't know. Maybe they'll try to rally the market a little bit. Uh, intraday, uh, but the technicals look horrible for the market. Nobody from CNBC is calling me yet, so you know that indicator looks bearish for the market, right? They don't want to hear uh, what a bear has to say. They don't want anybody on their air that's not going to regurgitate the party line. Everything is great. Keep buying. It's a, it's a correction. Uh, only fools sell, right? Everything is great. Keep on buying. So the technicals look terrible. Look what happened with gold today. Now I said on Friday. That if the market went down big on Monday, that I expected gold not to go down again. I thought gold would go up, and it did. But it didn't go up a lot, right? It went up seven bucks, but it didn't fall, right? Which is a significant thing. So first it went down 16 bucks, then it went up seven. We're gonna have a big up move in gold. If not tomorrow, the next day, I mean, if the market keeps falling, money's gonna rush into gold. Just a question of when. The fact that people aren't buying it now just shows you how complacent everybody is. Nobody is worried, right? Everybody thinks it's okay. They're not hedging with gold. Now, the dollar was up again today, but not as much as it was up Friday. Even though we had a bigger drop in the stock market, we had a smaller rise in the dollar. Dollar index, you know, is still very weak. And the next big move is going to be down. I mean, we're going to have a big drop in the dollar as more people start to factor in The Fed being taken out of the game by the weakness in the stock market, even if the Fed doesn't come out, you know, and complain and and say and say something, the markets are going to start to price out some of these rate hikes on their own. And that is going to be negative for the dollar. That is going to be a bullish for gold. The other thing, when you listen to all the, you know, the talking heads on CNBC, they say, well, you know, but, the, you know, the economy is good. We don't have to worry about. It. We have a growing economy, you know, where maybe the, the, the markets are just reacting to we're getting this wage growth. We don't have the growing economy. Right? And, and to the extent that it was growing, the growth is going to be gone if the stock market goes down. First of all, there's a reverse wealth effect. Right. If you take away all the stock market wealth, well, then, you know, that's going to impact consumer behavior. If all of a sudden people see a big chunk of their retirement savings gone, what does that mean? I mean, savings are at a 10-year low. People are going to have to start spending less and saving more to replace what they lost to the extent that people were buying things based on the expectation that their stock market would keep going up or their stock portfolio. They're going to have to rethink that, right? So a a lot of investment that maybe was tied to the belief that stock prices were going to go up is not going to be made. Right? This is a big thing when you deflate a bubble, when you have a a, a a economy based on the wealth effect. Well, when you take that wealth away, then you take away the effect that it had on economic activity. So all of this is going to happen. People are still not connecting these rather obvious dots because they didn't understand the dots in the first place. They didn't understand the phony nature of what the Fed had created or the predicament it had created for itself, where it created this economy where... It, it can't take away the stimulus without collapsing the bubble that they had inflated. But since the, the experts didn't know it was a bubble, they had no idea that this, that this risk was there. But I've been warning about it the whole time. But it wasn't until very recently, and I said on this podcast because people would ask me, Peter, what are the signs that it's more eminent? And I said, it's when the dollar and the bond market go falling together, when rates really start to go up. And the fact that the dollar is falling shows you that rates are not rising because of a better economy. They are rising uh, because of the debt, a loss of confidence in the dollar, a loss of confidence in the Fed's ability, the U.S. Treasury's ability to service its debt. It's a loss of fiscal responsibility. And in fact, this new budget deal, they have to throw away all the fiscal responsibility that they put in there in the past. Right. So all the pretense is gone. That we're ever going to get our house in order and we're just going to borrow you know the sky's the limit well the creditors are going to back away they're not going to want to finance that and and so that's why we're seeing this decline in bonds that's why we're seeing uh the uh the increase in interest rates and you know i have people i got an email recently from somebody who doesn't understand this is typical say peter you say there's going to be inflation but you say there's going to be a recession how is that possible i mean if consumers are unemployed they don't have money to spend How is it that prices are going up? And, you know, I understand that question. But when people ask it, they just don't understand what's causing prices to rise. It's not just demand. It is the supply. And what happens is the supply of goods collapses when the dollar goes down. Because all the products that we're importing aren't going to be coming here anymore. And a lot of the products we make ourselves are going to get exported. So even though Americans are going to have a lot less money, there's going to be a lot less stuff to buy with the money they have. And so what is bought is going to be a lot more expensive. And you see, Americans don't just compete with one another. We compete with consumers all around the world. And remember, my thesis is the dollar is going to crash relative to other fiat currencies. And that means holders of those fiat currencies, people who earn their wages in those currencies or have... Uh, their investment income in those currencies, they're going to see a big increase in purchasing power. So they're going to be buying more stuff, and the stuff they're going to be buying is the stuff that the Americans are no longer buying because they can no longer afford it. So you can have lots of inflation and a weak economy at the same time. In fact, that's more the norm. See, if you have a growing economy where you're more productive, prices don't go up because your supply of goods is going up. So even though demand is going up, supply is going up, and you can actually have prices going down in a strong economy, which is the way it's supposed to be. That's a good thing. But where you see the biggest, you know, examples of inflation or hyperinflation is when the economy is very weak. And that's what we're going to experience. We're going to experience stagflation. You know, I'm not alone in this forecast. Alan Greenspan has been making the same forecast. I've been pointing this out. I mean, so you got some fed chairman like Bernanke and Yellen and now Powell saying everything is great. And then you have Greenspan saying everything's a disaster. Well, why are they right? And Greenspan's wrong. In fact, since Greenspan wrote the playbook that they're all following, he's the guy that you should pay more attention to because he knows that the book he wrote is wrong. He, you know, the the, the the people that are that are, that are following his place don't realize this. He, they, he wrote a comic book. He knows what he wrote because he's an Austrian. You know, he understands money and the economics probably better than I do. Right? Yellen doesn't. Powell doesn't. Bernanke didn't. They're clueless, right? So they're just going to keep on pursuing this until the end. But I can't really do probably say as much in this podcast as I would have liked to say because I I really have a a hard time talking about it. But hopefully my voice will be back and I'll be able to do more. I'm leaving on Thursday morning for the money show, as I mentioned uh, mentioned last week. So hopefully I'm feeling better by that time. It should be an interesting uh, show with what's going on in the market, but you're not going to get, I said this, the other podcast, you're not going to get any factual information on what's going on or why on, you know, fake news, fake financial news, because no one on those channels understands what's going on, right? So it's the blind leading the blind. So you got to listen to these podcasts and you got to, Tell as many people as you as you know. I mean, probably more people already listen to this podcast than watch CNBC because they don't even have that big an audience. But still, more people need to be listening on a regular basis because, you know, things are going to accelerate, right? This is a big deal, what's happening. And this is just the beginning, what's happening in the stock market. Look, the, the accounts that I manage, your Pacific Capital accounts, they were down today too, right? They were down about half as much as the stock market. The Dow was down almost 5%. S&P 4, I think our accounts were down two to two and a half percent. So they still were down today. And the reason that they were down is because the dollar was up. And even though gold was up a little bit, it wasn't up a lot. And most gold stocks were also down. They were just down a little bit. They weren't down as much as the overall market. When our accounts are really going to start to perform, not just on a relative basis, right, because they perform today because they outperformed the U.S. market by going down less. But ultimately, what's going to happen is I expect my accounts to go up even as the U.S. market goes down because I expect the dollar to reverse and really start to fall, and I expect gold to take off, and I expect gold stocks to really take off. But where I think my accounts are going to do the best is when the Fed has to cave in, when the stock market loses so much value, right? when the prospect of recession is now elevated, and you get the political pressure from Trump and the Republicans to, for the Fed to cooperate, to start stimulating, right? And when the Fed has to do that, when the Fed has to call off the rate hikes officially or actually cut rates, when the Fed has to do QE4, then the stock market in the U.S. will rise. But it's not going to rise nearly as much as the global stock market because the dollar is going to tank. It's going it's to fall even faster. Gold's going ballistic. Gold stocks are going to go even more ballistic. So that's when my accounts will make the most money. Of course, the thing is, I don't know when any of this happens, right? I don't know. You know, There's no way to know the exact day that the Fed's going to do this, right? Or how much the U.S. market's going to fall before the Fed, you know, cries uncle. It says no more pain. Or, you know, where's the dollar going to be? So I, I'm not even trying. But what I am doing is advocating that people be positioned for the end game because of that i'm sure i'm sure what's going to happen it's just hard to say exactly how but i I know why and what's going to happen the when is questionable but the process is ongoing the process has begun most financial advisors or experts have no idea what's going on they're completely clueless and they're never going to get it and even at the end even after it all falls apart They're just going to say, well, you know, well, nobody could have predicted this. This was impossible. This is something that never happens. And, you know, so you can't blame us for not knowing about it. And again, as I said before, it's all going to be blamed on the Republicans, all going to be blamed on tax cuts, all going to be blamed on deregulation. Right. Because that's what happened. Right. Right. Trump came in, deregulated, cut taxes. And what happened? This great economy imploded. The bull market under under Obama, look, the stock market went way up under Obama. It's going to crash under Trump. Well, it must be because of the tax cuts. It must be because of the deregulation. So what is the solution? More regulation and more taxes. And there are plenty of socialists that are willing to run on that ticket. And it's going to be a winning ticket, unfortunately, in, in 2018 and even more so in 2020. Oh, by the way, I got to continue to comment on Bitcoin down again today. The low today was 6600 6600 Uh, so this is down from 20,000, uh, not too long ago in December, uh, as I'm recording this, we're back above 7,000, but just barely, we're about 7,200, but the chart looks horrible for Bitcoin, and interesting, look, you know, Bitcoin was not a safe haven today, Bitcoin dumped along with the stock market, gold went up, gold's the safe haven, Bitcoin is a speculative asset, But there's a lot more downside. Again, there's still very little uh, nervousness out there in the Bitcoin community. There's more complacency among the Bitcoin holders than there is among stock market investors. They're both bubbles. The air is coming out. Obviously, the air can come out a lot quicker on the Bitcoin bubble. You know, one of the things I looked at when I looked back at the charts, that even though we've gone down quickly from 20,000 to 7,000, the move up from 7,000 to 20,000 was actually much faster it was about 50% faster on the way up which is rare because normally markets come down much quicker than they go up and i expect that to be the case with bitcoin and so what that means is that bitcoin has a lot of catching up to do right bitcoin has to start falling even faster so maybe the move to 5000 4000 3000 and 2000 where somewhere along the way we're going to really start to accelerate so that we lose the gains faster than we built them up. because remember, we started last year with Bitcoin about a thousand, right so it went all the way up to twenty thousand. and so we're not back down to a thousand yet. We're going there. But I do think that ultimately it's going to accelerate the trend so that we end up you know losing the gains faster than we built them up. That's not the case yet. And again, to me that still shows there's no real panic. This is a very orderly decline, even though we're dropping a thousand points a day. Um, you know, then we get a pullback, you know, people are buying and, you know, you look at the coverage on CNBC, you know, they completely blew this as they normally do it because they hyped the hell out of it, you know, when it went up to 20,000 and now, you know, when it's going down, they're still rationalizing, well, there's bad news here. There's regulation there. They still don't realize that the whole thing is a bubble, right? I mean, they, they gave credibility to a bubble. They enticed people to buy into it because they covered it like it was real. They didn't have anybody like me, not one time. Did CNBC call me to say, hey, Peter, uh, you've been talking about Bitcoin for a while. Why don't you come on? You know, they did have me a long time ago on with Brian Kelly about Bitcoin. And, I said, you know, and they promised to have me back, but they never did. Right? They didn't want to tell the truth. Again, it's another example. They, 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 wanted, you know, they wanted to bring the suckers in. They wanted to hype up a bubble. That's what they do with the stock market. And they're still lending credibility to it on the way down, almost trying to create the impression that this is a bargain hey, you should buy the dip, right? That's all they know, right? Every dip should be bought because every dip is a bargain, right? Oh, oh, look, you know, you're getting things 60% off, 70% off. And it's the same psychology in the stock market. In fact, I tweeted out earlier today that, you know, if you're a stock market investor, you better take a look at Bitcoin and that's a glimpse into your future because that's how that's how bubbles work. And I'll see how Trump is going to do this. You know, I tweeted out earlier today. I said, is Trump now going to come out and accept responsibility for this 1,200 point drop in the Dow? I doubt he's going to claim responsibility, but he's going to be blamed, right? He took all the credit on the way up. He's going to be given all the blame on the way down. And believe me, we just started to fall, right? This would be, unless the Fed comes out. The Fed comes out and says, we're not hiking rates. We're not doing, we're not shrinking our balance sheet. If the Fed throws this market a lifeline, then it's going to rally. But I think that's the only thing that can do it. Now, maybe if we get some really, really bad economic data really quickly, right, that people will think, oh, the economy is really weak. But I don't know if there's enough time for that. I mean, I'm not sure how much data is going to come out in the next week or two. Uh, So the market is under so much selling pressure right now that, you know, the Fed is the only game in town, as far as I'm concerned, to stop the bleeding. Now, it's not going to work, right? They may be able to plug the bleeding up for a while, but then the blood's going to come gushing out because once they have to show their hand, then the, the game's over because now they have to sacrifice the dollar. Now the dollar starts to tank, gold stocks to soar, and eventually interest rates, long-term rates start to rise again because of inflation, because of a dollar crisis, and now the Fed's completely lost control of this game. Now again, I don't know the exact timetable, how many days, how many weeks or months it's going to take this thing to play out, but it is playing out. It is playing out right now, and I'm going to call uh, these shots live from the field on this podcast. Maybe I'll throw in some video blogs just you know, don't have as much time in the day to actually make those. So spread the word, you know, tell all your friends, the Peter Schiff Show podcast, start listening to it, right? Subscribe to it. Sign up on my YouTube channel to look through YouTube. Get my Twitter, follow me on Facebook, all this stuff. Get all your friends and social media on board to listen to what I've got to say because everything else is just fake news, propaganda, nonsense. I'm keeping it real over here, and it's going to get a lot realer. And I need people to understand, everybody can't just be blind about what's going on. Somebody needs to stand up for free market capitalism the right way and call out the hypocrites who are not practicing what they're preaching. And by the way, I know I got a lot of people that listen to my podcast, but in most cases, I'm preaching to the choir, right? Most of you who are listening already get it. I need to expand the congregation. Right? I need more people who right now don't know because they haven't heard me before. They're not reading the things that I write. They never read my books. All they hear is the nonsense. And they bought into this myth. Oh, Trump cut taxes. Trump deregulated. I don't want these people blaming capitalism, blaming limited government, thinking that, oh, we tried it the Republican way and it didn't work. When we haven't, right? We haven't tried capitalism. All Trump did is rebrand the failed policies of Obama and claim credit for them on his own. And all Obama did was continue the failed policies of Bush, right? It's one administration after the other, regardless of party. It's the same failed big government policies, more spending. And of course, the one thing that has remained consistent throughout is the Fed, right? It's a, it's, it's a uh, money printing, uh, manipulating Federal Reserve, uh, Keynesians. They have no clue what they're doing. And what we're about to experience is a complete rejection of that. It's a rejection of crony capitalism, right, of of price fixing of money, of manipulation, of stimulus, of government, right? It's a failure of government, right? This bubble was not built by the free market. It was not built by capitalism, but capitalism claimed credit for it, or politicians tried to claim that it was because of capitalism to keep it going, to validate it, to justify it, right? But In the process, they have given capitalism and the free market a bad name because now it's going to get blamed for the problems that government created and the central banks created. So I need to get the truth out there. I need more and more people to know what's really going on and not to buy into this myth that the Democrats are going to be so successful at spreading because the Republicans have taken the bait hook, line, and sinker. So get out there, spread the word on social media, help grow this congregation so I can be preaching not just to the choir but to a whole new group of people who haven't heard this gospel before, but who desperately need to hear it.